Welcome back to Foreplay. This is the final movie of our Christmas arc. God knows when you're actually going to be seeing this well after Christmas. But fortunately for you, this film that we're going to be talking about, Tokyo Godfathers, is enjoyable at any time of year. And also, it's definitely one of the more Christmassy Christmas movies that we saw, which is interesting because obviously it's a film... Uh, made by Satoshi Kon, who's a Japanese anime director. And you guys finally get what you want, which is us talking about anime. So you win. You win finally. Me talking about anime <laughs> is what people wanted. Because obviously, look, I will say this. I, I, I don't know. I know Duncan uh, and, and you obviously both have a, a background in this. This is like probably the one genre of film we're going to do on this podcast where I am definitely out of my depth and happy to admit that. Um, but, but I will say I used to love anime back before it became sort of teenage protagonist with no social skills as the go-to. I, I, I kind of came you be up both. in the, yeah, I kind of came up in that late eighties, mid nineties, and then I was out by the early noughties because, you know, I, 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 I loved some of the earlier stuff. I mean, basically what happened was if you were a British kid and you were in the late 80s, early 90s, there was one night where Channel 4 showed Akira and that was it. You were in on anime at that point. Because <laughs> you just couldn't believe what the fuck you were seeing. And so for a lot of us, that was our gateway, you know, to the to the to the medium. Unfortunately, I look at modern anime and I've tried I've tried them all. You know, people recommend them from time to time. It's not that I'm like weeb resistant. Um, you know, I I, I watched Attack on Titan and tapped out and stuff like that. I tapped out on that but, one uh, so fast, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So um so I'm and and, and, and by the way, I never want to hear it gets good after 40 episodes. There you go. Like, yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> right? Fuck you. Uh, my time matters. I don't know about you guys, but my time. So anyway, but 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 I will say what I loved about this immediately and we'll probably talk about this. I knew that even though this came out in 2003 it was it I, it felt immediately like that old anime style i liked and when i looked into it and was doing my research for this episode it was actually the animators that did one of my all-time favorites ninja scroll oh. <laughs> same animation studio <laughs> oh there's... So, but yeah so i was i was immediately sort of enchanted by this it was like going back in time for me yeah and as far as uh films like ninja scroll and akira go i bet you at some point on this show we are gonna have like 90s anime films because some of those are just oh, like yeah. ultra violent great very interesting classics and by I the think way i'll go keep going keep going keep going yeah, what's good what's good about Tokyo Godfathers by the way is so I'm a huge Satoshi Kon fan and I've seen mm. everything he directed. He didn't have a big oeuvre because unfortunately he died of cancer very young in his 40s. But basically, you know, all the films he's made, so like Millennium Actress uh, Millennium Actress Perfect Blue, um, mm. you know, Paprika, uh, these films especially Millennium Actress and Perfect Blue actually have had immense um, aesthetic impact on people like Darren Aronofsky later on, who actually have like stolen shots uh, from some of these anime films. And he also did a lesser known. He paid for the rights, but yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Colloquially, yeah. Sure. Yeah, colloquially, like he cribbed it uh, because they were yes. these beautiful like shots. Like Tarantino style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like Black Swan is potentially like based off of Satoshi Kon's work. So this guy has actually yeah. been hugely uh, influential. 
control on numerous uh, live action directors. And if you guys also have time, I would say go watch Paranoia Agent, which is a 13 episode series that he made, um, which is the only like series he directed. So this is all really good good shit and it it not only was the the studio the ninja scroll studio that you're talking about richard um you also if you are a cowboy bebop fan the screenplay of this movie Ooh. tokyo godfather um was written by keiko nobumoto who was one of the writers for cowboy bebop as well so you actually get some really high quality she also made wolf's reign um and did work on Samurai Champloo and Space Dandy uh, later on. She also, unfortunately, has died of cancer uh, since then. Mm. So a lot of these people are, well, are no I'll, longer I'll, able I'll to, to make these films. Before, before uh, Duncan uh, jumps in, in terms of his output, uh, probably I, I have seen all of his greatest hits. I mean, you know, like uh, I remember Perfect Blue, uh, from again, that was like the for, for me the golden era of anime. I remember watching that back in the day. I'd seen this before, but totally fucking forgot it for some reason. Um, uh, Paprika, I, I I went and watched. Um, I, I went and watched when everybody was like, "Oh my god, Inception completely yes. ripped this off." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It, they're all um, great. They're, these are all great. And they were right, films, by guys. the way. Yes, oh, they were. Yeah. Yes, I mean, literally, even shots in it that just like, yeah, completely. Yeah. No, by the way, this is, I'll give my two cents on like, the genre in this sense because it's true. We haven't really addressed this, so people might know. It's funny that like people. Because I've recommended a few, it then makes people think, oh, she does like it. It's like, no, no, I always tell people at the outset, I actually fundamentally don't like this genre because it is a genre, funny enough, like my actual profession, professional video games, that just became very cynically dialed down and watered yeah. down for fucking idiot 12-year-olds, literally 12-year-old kids. So my problem is like, Richard, if you give me something like Akira, by the way, basically is like The Matrix, but just animated. Like, that, yeah. doesn't, even, that doesn't even have very much lightheartedness to it. It's not, it's not a lot of frivolity. It's not a lot of silly jokes and it's actually quite a serious movie essentially this gets to what my actual problem with anime the genre is it's a bit like my problem with comic books i love comic books when i was a kid then when i became an adult you like the ones that sort of have adult themes and address you like an adult but part of you is just thinking what i remember alan moore said years ago where he said it's like if you went into a library and you had all these books on the shelves and then you asked them like what what, what are these books and they were like oh 98 percent of them are about pirates you'd be like okay, but what if I'm not into pirates? And like, well, there's sort of 2% are about all this stuff like detectives. Well, that's the problem with comics that people don't know. They're all superheroes, even though, by the way, you can, as European and Japanese comics show, you can make a comic about anything. It's just drawing. So my problem is, it's a brilliant concept. Like the idea of anime that's brilliant, it's why I like Sakoshi Khan's work, is he doesn't have to go and convince a Hollywood studio to give him a massive cast, $200 million, and the greatest like films, camera, all this expenses. No, no, you just get uh, people who are the animation studios, which famously sort of work like a sweatshop, I'm afraid. They work very cheaply and you just have to have the vision and a script writer. Sometimes it's the same person who does both like this. You direct and your script write. So actually to me, it's a basic, if people know John Rowski did this, if you can't make movies traditionally, why not do an animated film? It doesn't have to be silly. And I actually think in general, this is why it's so tragic Satoshi Kon died. His anime work is way more in my fucking alley than any of the shite. Like pretty sweet, I'm not a Miyazaki fan. I find it incredibly saccharine. Some of them I can sort of take a sort of like, like a screensaver background movie to watch, like Porco Rosso or something, and just go, oh, whatever, turn your brain off. But I can't engage with like Princess Miyazaki and, or what that fucking Princess Mononoke. I, don't, uh, that, that Mononoke. I, I, find, I actually think that movie is shit. 
actually <laughs> shit. Like, I think the plot is dog shit. And I'm sorry, if you actually find that, like, incredibly emotionally moving and meaningful, I think you are 13 and haven't yet actually figured out what a personality is. Like, you're actually seeing one on screen and going, oh, shit, if I was edgy like that, I'd be like, no, like, just wait until you grow up, mate. It'll be I, different. I, I, so, think, I, I, think, I think Mononoke aged badly, but I do think that some of Miyazaki's films have aged very well, like Spirited Away um, and Howl's Moving yeah, Castle. Yeah. But anyway... Yeah, I, I agree. Oh, I mean, but it's okay. Castle, trash as well. <laughs> so my problem is this. This guy actually made real fucking films. Like yeah. the joke is, think of all the th- movies you're referencing. The reason why people make an obvious connection is those are very serious, well-loved movies. Think about it, right? So the scene Monty's referencing of where like the person like screams in the bath, that was in fucking Requiem for a Dream from Aronofsky. Black Swan mm-hmm. basically copies the rest of Perfect Blue as a concept. By the way, these are all incredibly serious Western movies, like super black pill, Duma movies, like there's no frivolity in jokes and yucks oh, and like people do like a spicy like tears coming down. there's none of that in this movie fucking inception these are the best movies of all time guys so what this should tell you is this guy was working on a different level there are other people like some of the ones richard mentioned that also did serious proper movies mm. i will know a lot of them relics of the past but yeah. this is a guy where sadly if he'd have continued there could have been like a whole more adult version of anime i feel like we, could have existed and we could have uh, got so, uh, this movie, if, if, one thing like Go. you say about the animation style, I also mm. think if you're someone who doesn't like cartoons, you're going to be able to handle this. It's not yeah. actually like yeah. over-the-top animation. Like even when it does things like hallucinatory, like fantastical things, it's done in sort of a very like palatable way, I found. Like I, one mm. thing, for example, about this movie, by the way, the reason it's a brilliant Christmas movie is, notice it doesn't have an insanely zany color scheme over-the-top palette. It's got a very no. sort of subdued palette. It's a lot of sort of like, the, like more darker colors and grays and browns and, it, and the the animation even tries to be a bit softer, I feel like, not so hard-edged and stuff. So I found the whole thing, the aesthetic of this movie, I think is really good. Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to add, I mean, like, when I was, again, researching this, yeah, I was, I, I read some interviews, uh, uh, you know, uh, from uh, Satoshi Kon, and the the people he is saying who inspired his work, when he talks about, like, his touchstones for, like, the type of projects he wants to do, his stories that he writes and stuff. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, he talks about Atomo. I mean, you know, everyone does if, you, if, if you're coming from that manga anime uh, school. But he was, like, he mentions Terry Gilliam, like, all the time. Right. And, and... <laughs> makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. makes a lot yeah. of sense. And, and, yeah, and like Terry Terry Gilliam is like, you know, love him or hate his movies. Uh, which, by the way, I don't know how anyone could hate his movies, but there are people who yeah. don't like him. I'm 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 a huge fan. Uh, you know, they are instantly recognizable, yes. and they have this feel. And even when they're dealing with, you know, keep in mind, like. T- Terry Gilliam's idea of a movie for kids is Time Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which, by the way, they're 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 remaking into a series. Dwarf. By the way, yeah, which is I terrible. Know, I which is terrible. Pete but I agree. Time Bandits about that one. I heard Time Bandits is um, fucked up, and that is his idea of the kids movie. I yeah, love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and so and you know, obviously, I think as well in the same interview, I read he, he paid tribute to Kurosawa, and it's like you know, look, this is a guy. Anime is a genre that has been polluted by childishness. And uh, and it's turned a lot of its original Western fans off, you know, me being one of them. But uh, there was none of that here in Satoshi Kon. I mean, what a what a fucking tragedy, you know? Because this yeah. was a guy who 
you know, it, the medium is irrelevant. He was just trying to make good adult films that explored um, quite complex issues. And, you know, this movie's no different. Yeah, and, and by I the think... way, I would also say as a last note on the director before we get into the film, of his films, even though he hasn't done many, the difference is loads of people have heard of Paprika. I would say like a solid amount of people have heard of Perfect Blue. Fuck all people ever talk about this film. And I also think Millennium Actress is the mega sleeper. If you've never seen that, that's actually just a bad... Mm. That could, again, if this was a real movie, by the way, made in the West with actors, that would be like a Lars von Trier movie or some like crazy, like fucking super intense, like... The, the problem really is the cartoon element, if you're just trained to think it means stupid little kid stuff, will just turn people off. So I feel like this is an example of one where essentially this is all to say if you've previously judged anime as trash or maybe seen stuff like Bleach and you're like, this isn't for me, don't worry. That's not for me either. This movie's totally different. Yeah. Um, and before we get into the plot, I do have to say that we got so animated in the start of our conversation, I forgot to announce our next arc. Uh, so oh, yeah. I, I'm going to take this interlude very briefly to announce our next arc, which is going to be heist films. And of course, mm. you've heard them talk about it for years. Could we do heist films without heat and having Richard and Thorin do the longest movie podcast of all time? We're going to do them in character. Me and me <laughs> Dunk are going to discuss exactly. which one of us is exactly. going to be fucking Pacino and De Niro. If you get me boxed in, then maybe I have to take you down. <laughs> to be fair, you can be De Niro. I, I, I don't mind being Pacino. Yeah, I'm fine. So we are going to start with Heat. Uh, then we're going to do the 90s remake of the Thomas Crown Affair, the Pierce Brosnan one. Uh, then we're going to do Dog Day Afternoon, and we will end with Sneakers. So there you guys go. There's going to be our heist arc. Uh, should be self-explanatory. And uh, we'll see you We'll see you for that when we get, when we get to the next uh, episode. Uh, now let's go back to Tokyo Godfathers because, yeah, this is a very, this is, I mean, it's a very interesting film. It is Satoshi Kon's, I would say, most normal film because we've talked a lot about his other work and what he does exceptionally well in most in in his other films is that he really plays with the idea of re, you know reality a lot of the time. And this yeah. this film is kind of his most down to earth. Uh, not trippy, you know, no massive time shifts, jumping around to different dimensions or alternate realities, dreamscapes, uh, everything like that. Um, and it is set, obviously, in Tokyo. And the basic plot is that there are three homeless people. And I am going to use the word, I, I, I have to do this. I'm going to use the word homeless because I know it may not be the most politically correct term any longer, but that is literally the word that is used by the characters. That is the word they use for themselves. Even in Japanese, they use the English word homeless, if you're watching the, the mm, subbed version. Yeah. So I am going to use the word homeless here. And there are three homeless people, and they find, they're at a Christmas Eve service, and they go and they find a baby that has been thrown out into the trash. And effectively, the rest of the movie is them. It's a kind of a character piece around the three characters interacting around this baby, trying to figure out what to do with it, going through multiple days, walking through Tokyo, uh, encountering uh, various people from their past. And I'm not going to go through all the individual character interactions, but effectively, um, they all run into people from their former lives uh, before they were homeless in a series of coincidences, because really this movie is about 
strange coincidence and miraculous happenings around Christmas. And it goes for about a week until um, right New Year's Day or right after New Year's where they try and give this baby back. They kind of hunt down the the alleged parents of this baby. It turns out the baby was actually stolen from a hospital by the people that they think who were the parents. And then they, the husband panicked and tried to return it, return the baby without getting caught by putting it in the trash for somebody to find. Um, and then the baby is eventually like restored to the original parents. And then the at the very end, uh, of course, there's another miraculous coincidence where the teenage girl who is homeless then reunites with her father, who's a police investigator, uh, as part of the kind of coming together of the return of the the infant child. Here's the thing, Monty. When you say that, that's different to his others. This really looks like Satoshi Kon sat down and said, as brilliant artists can do, I'm going to make a Christmas movie. Because as you say, it's, it doesn't have the sci-fi, reality-bending perception. You're in your mind, or is this real? or is this... In fact, the joke is, even sort of like the little flourishes, like I say, are not as much in this movie. And they're just more artistic, like aesthetic things. They're not really supposed to be like hallucinating something. It's more like, you know, here's a cool way to show you something. Like, for example, if people don't know, the opening to this movie is mega iconic where he uses like all these signs to like do the credits basically yeah. as he's short it's one of those clever ones where you're not sat watching the credits you're watching the movie and the credits are happening in the background which is already i love when people can nail stuff like that so the thing i'd say about this movie at the outset because we some of the topics you're probably going to be shocked when i say this is Despite everything we are going to talk about, it is at its heart an incredibly wholesome film. Like, what's yeah. funny is, I'll actually say one of the areas I want to make a demarcation on this movie is, you will hear that there are characters that maybe they're cross-dresser, maybe they are trans. This is a kind of before the time when these things were, like, labelled and characterised and public consciousness had any idea what they were. Basically, even yeah. though you have these elements within there, I'd, I'd actually say that doesn't in any way diminish it being wholesome, even though that might be classically, yeah. you think of, like, traditional values. No, no, I'd say, even if you're from that world, by the way there's an earnestness to these characters and the way it's done that won't make you get into the binary of politics in my opinion you won't have to think well yeah, but what do i think about like like i don't know, fucking gay people adopting a child you don't none of the modern day nonsense that you get tossed around on the waves of politics with have to matter here because crucially to me the heart of this movie is that it has a soul like what i find mega about this film is like Monty says, essentially, here's what I like about it. It's not like it's a wonderful life where at the end you have a big miracle. It's just a series of these Christmas miracles hitting you over and over again. And if you like Christmas movies like that and you want a feel-good sort of white pill moment, this movie's full of them. It's actually, like I said, it's yeah. just a really wholesome film. It's a really, a really enjoyable one where you can, even though it has darkness, it has trauma. And in fact, a lot of it's about trauma and what causes people to be homeless or do these things. What I find brilliant is it sort of manages to bring you the soul of almost every character in it. I feel like it's actually, it's, consider it's a cartoon in a Japanese cast. It's a very human film, I find. And I yeah, think what's let's... so amazing about this is that there we have to understand the context of this film uh, when it was mm -hmm. made because it, this is made in 2003. Now, let me tell you, many of the subjects which this film deals with are still very taboo subjects in Japan oh, and kind of widely oh, of in East Asia today, Certainly in 20 Japan. years later. So let's let's go through... I don't even know how this film got made, if I'm being honest with you, because homelessness, extremely taboo in Japan or in East Asia. Also, I found out by doing some research that 2003, when this movie came out, was actually the peak of homelessness in Japan, uh, which is very interesting. So at the time this movie was being made, the homeless problem was seen as like pretty severe 
in Japan. And so well, it, think about it, Monty. In the movie, they show stuff like youths just coming and beating the fuck out of someone yeah, who's homeless. And that's terrible. just taken. It's like, oh, whatever. That's just what happens in life, you know. Yeah, it's terrible. And so I, I, my point is, is that the homeless, the homelessness would have been a big uh, you know, would have been very conscious, conscientious sure. within Japanese society when this film was released. Um, and mm. by the way, you know, uh, just anecdotally, I think it was 25,000 people were homeless in Japan in 2003, which is like less than just in L.A. County now by a, like half of what's in L.A. County now. So they've never if you actually want to. Yeah, yeah. Here's my question. Be one thing I feel like people won't be able to understand. So I want to ask you this is if people understand like what those cultures are like. The reason why I think you have to hit this harder, mate. It's not just that, like, oh, you're homeless. Like in America, people would go, "You're a bum," or "Get up the blame." But like, they would think you don't have value then. No, no. In like an honor-based yeah. culture, like you'll notice this is a baked-in part of the plot. It's like the idea that to be homeless is incredibly shameful. It's shameful to your home yep. family. You basically have like it's almost like they imply like you've sort of like rejected like what life's supposed to be in society. So well, like, yeah. it's not just that you're a bum, you don't have the money. Like you're nobody. You actually, in fact, that's why. That, that's why, by the way, I can only imagine the effect this movie must have had, Monty. Because think about it. If you are someone who thinks of like a homeless person as a non-entity, you can't watch this film and think that. Like this yeah. film, like I say, reveals to you that even the joke is even some of the characters who do the objectively bad things in the film are shown to have like compelling reasons why they might do that. That suddenly make you rethink it. Like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that, but I never could imagine that could be the the stressor that would push you to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it's also I think seen as a sign because I you know, I can talk I'm I'm in Korea right yeah, now. Do it. You know, my my in-laws are Korean and I'm not saying Korea and Japan are the same, but you know, there's such a tight family structure and they're, you know, basically I think the implication if you're homeless is like your own family doesn't want to take care of you, so yes. you must have done something that's really bad. Yeah. You know, you must be yeah. truly so, what this irredeemable. Movie, it this movie sort of tries to almost say you're right, but here's the reasons why. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, so and, th and like, oh, hold sorry. up. Confused. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go into the other issues that this, right, this touches on, too, which is LGBT issues in Japan, yeah. by the way. Yeah. They, there's still no marriage in Japan. And we have a trans character in this. It, it is not illegal in Japan to discriminate against people uh, in employment yeah. uh, because of you know, gender identity or sexual orientation. So basically they can just freely discriminate against hiring you uh, or, or maintaining your employment in these things. Um, you know, same sex parents, like same sex couples can't adopt. So like really even, and this is all today guys. So we're dealing with LGBT issues, homelessness, the Yakuza, foreign immigration and Christianity. In one movie. Now, Christianity is a very minor religion in Japan and was historically in Japan, especially during, um, you know, like the Tokugawa shogunate was actively kept out of Japan. It's one of the reasons why they shut their borders right. and kept all the missionaries out, like, you know, because they were trying to protect their culture. So we have all these things that, you know, are very each one individually is like pretty controversial to talk about in Japan oh. and to slam all of these together into one film and have that be the whole film. I cannot feel believe good this got in a feel well. good movie, which by the way, <laughs> yeah. shows how fucking masterful Satoshi yes. Kon is. Cause yes. he's like, Hmm, should I pick one dangerous topic? What if I just picked all of the dangerous topics and then made you love it? I mean, that is, that yeah. is a master stroke. So when I, again, when I was researching this, um, the, the first thing just to touch on the homelessness, um, what I what I love about the 
story of this movie and the way that it is written, Satoshi Kon said in an interview, um, it was something along the lines of like a home is a building. These people didn't lose a home. They lost their families. That's like incredibly profound and potent a statement. You know, as someone that's like done like a ton of voluntary work with the homeless, uh, you know, in Birmingham, um, and we've got a real problem here. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's very easy. Like society sort of gives you permission to look at these people as others, you know, at a time when we're becoming incredibly progressive and thoughtful about how we interact with other people that are different to us. You know, homelessness is sort of the like, well, there's this tacit coding. They must have done something. They've slipped through the cracks. They made bad choices. We give ourselves permission to kind of like look the other way on the topic when these are people. And Jin is Jin is a real character. Like no bullshit. Um, I, I've I've talked to people who have that that story. That what happened with Jin in the movie is he talks about it. He you know got into medical debt, which is a problem in Japan and America. Um, you know he got into medical debt and lost a child because he couldn't support his family. Um. And lost a child, and then the wife, you know, went as well. And at that well, that point, was his nothing... lie, you know, about what happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, his lie. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to throw the twist in. But you know, when when he delivers that monologue about it, you know, that is the, the that is the reality, you know, for a lot of people that they just tap out. I can't do this anymore. I lost a child. I I I don't want to be part of this. And so when, when I was like watching this film, I mean, it was v it's very big. Like, you know, immediately that what Satoshi Kon is doing with these characters is he has created a, a sort of family unit yep. from non-typical people that would make up the family unit. He's got a homeless drunk, a, uh, cross-dressing slash trans uh, we can argue about the coding on that i i know the convention now is to say trans but i, I it's I, almost I implied by the character maybe it's more on the cross-dressing side right yeah well it, it, it's kind it, of on the line, it depends it? it depends what you watch actually because when you if you watch a dub which i don't do dub anime but if you watch a dub actually it's all sort of the modern sensibility is that they are they are trans. And by the way, right. this was a, this was a problem at the turn of the century that people might not be aware of. Some of our younger audience, um, there, there there was this kind of like the 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 interchangeability of transgender and transvestite. We hadn't really got to a sort mm. of educated place to sort of know the difference. And you see that in a lot of the media. And indeed, a lot of people think this movie is transphobic because it falls into a very a typical trope at the time which is hannah the trans character when she wants to be feminine she speaks in a, a feminine voice but when she needs to be intimidating suddenly the masculine comes out and and they they don't do that in the dub and they they do do that in the original so you know make of that what you will i'm not gonna talk too much about that because it's not really my thing but anyway the point is that we've created a family unit and a strange child uh, has gravitated towards a trans woman 
and a homeless alcoholic guy. And even though they say terrible things to each other, including homophobic slurs within the first two minutes of the movie, just preparing your little Zuma brains for that one, um, they're a family. And it's very real. And it's very authentic. And there's no hate. There's no malice in Jin, even when he's using pejoratives. And and so the I and this is literally what happens on the streets. Like yeah, yeah. people who are regularly homeless that go to the same places, they do form communities. They do know each again, you don't hear about this. This movie is so sweet and well informed. I, like yeah, it, it blew me away watching this as an adult, actually, like a real adult, yeah, not yeah. like you're a no, twenty-something no. adult. I was, I was, I was very touched by this movie. Along sure. those lines, Smith, that was something I was even going to say. It's like to me, the 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 way you summarize this movie is it's about the meaning of what family is. That's yeah. why that quote's a brilliant one because obviously it isn't just having a home. Like the literal fact you're homeless isn't even the worst part of their lives, even though that's what you would think as the outsider. It's that they don't have their wife, their dad, their whatever. The, the mother, their relationship with their support network, they, and they've had to make this fucked up makeshift one. And what I love about this film as well is, it's a warts and all film. It's not yeah. feel good in the sense of like, oh, like American saccharine, like, oh, everything's just great, and actually you just totally misjudged all this week. Oh no, they make sure you know within the first like half an hour or something that between these characters, one of them stinks, one of them's a drunk, and one's just, and they're all just fucked up in some way, and they all and by the way, they're also all lying about their past, and not yeah. telling you the truth, and they're all themselves seemingly psychologically running away from the past and the truth of what's happened to them and all just trying to believe themselves. And by the way, they even themselves, you'll notice, buy into all this stuff. Yeah, I am just trash and I am just a throwaway and I'll never have a family. It's like, this. It's, it really so real. It's why I say um, the genius of the film to me is you take the reality of being homeless and then because it's a movie, which allows us to imagine what could be, you sprinkle Christmas miracles in that make it somehow actually have a cool ending without being stupid. It's actually quite a cool yeah. way. That and and just, quickly on that note what is also incredibly accurate like what does it say about shame and the power of shame that because now monty's done a spoiler in that Jin would lie about his past like that like you'd rather you would rather create a, a, a world where your family was dead Rather than acknowledge your failure, you know, your perceived failure as a father. Like, there's, there, there, is, there is something in that story in and of itself that is so fucking authentic. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, like I said, the, 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 the script for the... But I, I, and this was another thing. I'll, I'll, Chris, I'll definitely jump in now. Sorry, I've been talking no, too much. But, 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 but the, um, I, I, I've seen this trend of animes being remade as live-action movies and they really suffer for it. This is one, if you made this as a live action drama, it would, it would, it, it, it would, you would, ju it would be an Oscar winner. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. It, it, it would, lit it is, there's elements of farce in the movie. It is a farce in a broader sense, but there is some, there is some unbelievable authenticity to this that it, it's hard to believe that you could write something like this just out of a curiosity. Like, which apparently Satoshi Kony's never been homeless, doesn't know anything really about homelessness, doesn't have... He was just curious about the lives of homeless people and started, like, investigating it and, and came up with this. And it's, like, it's so unbelievably 
It feels real. It feels but like you're there, dropped in. What you're saying there about like it would win an Oscar. I even had a line I wrote down like this when I was watching it. I said, without any of the frivolous and jokey elements and the lightness that's just sprinkled in, this could just be like a fucking art house movie from France yeah. that would like everyone would rave about and be like, oh, it's incredible what it says about the human condition and spirit. Yeah. But the thing is, because it's anime, people that just don't have the right, they have like a, the preconceived notions and they have the, the a, a kind of goggles on when they're watching it. So Maybe they won't get that bad. I agree. I think this actually move would translate fantastically. Yeah. Um. So uh, the other thing, uh, just quickly, Christopher's left the pause. That's all. I'll, I'll pop back in. Um. The 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 issue um of transphobia. Just to kind of quickly get that out the way. Um. The way the story breaks down is um i don't think you could realistically see this as transphobic and and, and it's sort of a callback to our previous episode when we had the discussion about whether uh charlton heston in brownface in touch of evil was so racist that eclipsed the nominal good that the movie achieved by having a hispanic protagonist being the moral center of a movie um, and the idea that you could ever frame someone like Orson Welles as, you know, not a lefty, <laughs> not a progressive for his time is absurd. Um, I, I, I think there's a similar reading with this film in the sense that Hannah does get called homophobic slurs by Jim. Hannah is sort of played for laughs in some periods. There's not a lot of sensitivity to uh, the the you know, this is typical for the time to, to the trans identity. And again, it's not even really clear whether we're talking about someone who is transgender or a drag queen or, you know, we're not really yeah. exploring that per se. But what I will say is that think about that as a taboo for its time in Japan. And Hannah is the hero. Or heroine, I should say. I mean, she essentially is the stand-in mother in this movie and constantly is the one that's always yes. concerned about the well-being of the child. Like, that, that's yes. why, by the way, that whole topic, without going into a whole thing, I'll just say this. This is why when you talk to a human being, not just label someone the other, you try to understand what their intent is when they speak to you. The purpose yeah. of language is to communicate an idea from your brain into their brain. Not to go, well, I'm going to stop and not try and understand what your intent is and just say, I'm going to take the most uncharitable reading out. You know what? You're the cunt then. You're just the cunt. It doesn't matter what denomination you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. You're just a horrible person. Because like I say at the beginning, mate, if you can watch this movie and at the end, all you do is come out with a list of no-no words. Of the, you didn't get the movie. The, the, yeah. the humanity, it never reached the humanity in you. I'll tell you that yes. right now. Because yeah. I, that's the exactly. part I can't imagine. As I said earlier, I actually think the real joke is this. This movie is a perfect example of why othering people doesn't work, which you would think that fucking community should be able to understand <laughs> as a basic concept, right? Because because this is the movie you would show someone if you wanted to win them over, you idiot. It's not the movie you want to censor. Like I said, the joke here is this even could potentially have actually influenced Japanese people who watched this to be like, oh, I would have never even seen that perspective. And it gives like a whole different essence to the character. Like, I actually think this movie, yeah, it's like you're saying about that example, right? If we were to add up the good and the bad and do some scales, like, mate, the good just does this. Like, there's not yeah. even, I don't even see the need to have like a lot of criticism about that shit from what a guy did in 2003 by 2024's morals. Like, what's even the point? That's almost like some shit YouTube meta commentary at that oh. point in time. By the way, I'll tell you what'll age worse the meta commentary now in 2024 about the gender stuff here than the fucking movie. In 20 years, this movie will still be a banger. <laughs> 
I'll be dog shit. That other one be what's what's just like a four chan green posters, but that's what it'll feel like in twenty years, guys. This movie, I actually, I think you nailed it, mate. There's the, if you if you're prodding and trying to find like the the malice in this, you won't find it. You won't find no. it. Well, mate. You it's won't also find that, it anywhere. It's there also is that, no malice in this. Yeah, it's also that individuals have nuance, right? And like you know, we take we we understand a lot about Hana's character because of what Hana says about about herself, yes. which is like. She starts off the movie saying, I feel like I was born with the soul of a woman. Like, literally just comes out and says that. And is working, uh, or has worked in the past as a drag entertainer and decides to basically permanently wear drag. And also, interestingly, I found out that the voice actor that they got to play Hana is a man who does who did drag entertainment. So, mm, actually, right. somebody who, similarly, who did that. in the English dub, as I said, they, they actually got a, a, a trans actress and, and a trans activist actress oh, okay. uh, to, to do the dub, which is why some of the some of the delivery is 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 changed. But I, but I will I will I will also just add this to, to, to not understand how incredibly progressive it is. What is the one thing that a transphobe would attack? Uh, uh, a, a you know a transgender uh, you know a, a male female transgender person over would be the womanhood the femininity, and Hannah says I feel like I'm a woman I would love to have a child, and you know that gin is kind of like yeah yeah, yeah fucking you know, what are you talking about, and she gets her Christmas wish of being able to be a mother and. As I said, it's the heroine of the film, and it's the mothering one, and it's you know, always going to have the baby, always feeding the baby, making like you know, and it's like that is like an incredibly potent message that actually would kind of it would strike out one of the big transphobic attacks, right? So it's like it's checks and balances. Like the story is delivered in a world that feels real, and Jin does say some awful things. Yeah, but but but, but characters which obviously would be what the time would be like in yeah. Japan. Like think yes. about that's that's. I'll I'll bring the same thing back again that I made on the point about the Touch of Evil one. Why the fuck would a film in two thousand and three from Japan have a character who represents the everyday Japanese businessman who's ruined his own life and family, then turn around and go, here's a bunch of talking points from Motherboard in 2023. Like, guys, you aren't even in reality. Like, even well, in art, that wouldn't make sense. Like, that's, it's, it's, that, that's, it's such a, that's, that's the best example of why yeah. it's silly to use this lens. Like, well, you can't use today's lens. It's, it's also art in the fact that it doesn't matter what <laughs> It doesn't matter what Gein says to her because Gein's a character who is representing societal yes. values at the exactly. time. And like you are at it matters how the film treats the character and the film treats yes. Hannah incredibly sympathetically and really fleshes out her character. She's not some, you know, she is a cartoon, but she's not a cartoon in terms of the way we we would anecdotally use that word to be a two dimensional character. Right. Um, the character is very fleshed out. So just because people say mean things in a film doesn't mean the film is bad. It, it could be the artist trying to prove a point about those very things that are said. So anyway, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, look, so the the next topic then, uh, obviously, I, I, I guess, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the comedy in the film. Because uh, I said, I, I think ostensibly this has... Real broad elements of farce. It's got farce. One, one of the key components to a farce is you have completely unbelievable coincidences. And that happens consistently. Non-stop in this film. Yeah, yeah. non-stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's essentially happenstance slash fortune. Well, I, I think, I, I think yeah. what's so funny about this is normally you complain about Deus Ex Machina, but this yeah, film yeah. is just 
one giant series of Deus Ex Machinas, yeah. but because it just oh. happens every single time, you just forgive it, and you just you're you're it's, it's it a becomes... Christmas movie, guys. Yeah. The whole purpose, I don't want to spoil anyone. It's not real. It's not, I know it's the last movie. It's not real. It was always imagination. So you have to sort of let your suspension disbelief up with a Christmas movie. Fuck's sake, you know. I mean, by the way, oh, you could just be the, an actual Grinch like that would never happen in real. No, you could do that too. But I don't. I, I feel like this is the one moment you check the fucking suspension yeah. disbelief. Surely there is a passage. In this movie that like does feel like a fucking fever dream and it sort of starts with when they find the yakuza boss trapped under the car <laughs> oh, and sure. then they, they get invited to the yakuza boss's wedding and there's an assassination attempt yeah. on him which the guy that by the way i've been calling him gin because i'm an alcoholic but if it is gin <laughs> i apologize for all the <laughs> japanese viewers <laughs> out there I'm, I'm just an uncultured fucking westerner um you know but like the, 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 the gin sees somebody at the wedding that he blames for the lie he's telling <laughs> about his life and then he says i'm gonna kill him and then just at that moment an assassin attempts to kill the yakuza boss and the guy that Gein is gonna kill Jin is gonna kill uh, jumps in front of the bullets and dies and I'm just like what bro what is happening in this film right now this is fucking this is mental like you can't I don't I don't know maybe you can watch this stone Duncan will have a better idea about that but it, I, I was like holy shit like I gotta I gotta dial I gotta dial in like this movie is fucking crazy right now yeah. <laughs> Oh, but by the I way, think... I will also say as well, I actually think that's an area that maybe will get lost as well. This is how you know it's a film for adults, or maybe just say a serious film. It's not just like supposedly mm. intentionally frivolous and surface level. Is they don't hit you over the head, by the way, with all these storylines. At the end of each storyline, they do tell you, like, oh, so that was your like father and he was a cop. No, no, but that's at the end of it. Like before yeah. that, they, they tease these things, they give you like little hints of it, yeah. or they show you a little something, or they don't explicitly verbalize what's going on. So I actually think even the way those threads start to like weave together. Yeah, that's quite interestingly done. Because I agree, in isolation, the joke is if this isn't a Christmas movie, then people would actually say that the, the plot is very hacky. Like you are just going from one ridiculous coincidence to another to another. And each one coincidentally, you know, teases apart what happened to you. And then with a the real life thing happening now that mirrors it. And then you have to play it. But because it's a Christmas movie, and once you get that, that's the roller coaster you're on. I agree, Monty. You're not complaining at any of these stations as you pass them. It's, it's part of the ride. I also think that it just being animated helps with that suspension of disbelief yes. mm. um, because, you know, I, you guys talk about this being a, a like a traditional live action film. And I think the medium of animation helps this film a lot because it helps you buy in so much faster to that suspension of disbelief. And it also provides a lot of the kind of more humorous elements because it makes the characters much more e expressive at times when when the comedy is going on and i think it's very effective yeah i mean look the 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 way that it builds up as well it like really lures you into uh a kind of like a false sense of security because like you know there's some laugh out loud funny moments there are br these broad elements of farce and then the 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 final third of this film <laughs> Like, oh, shit. Well, like, let me give you a couple of highlights. So think yeah. about this. Even though I agree, some of the other parts sometimes are intentionally silly or it's just like, wow. Yeah. Um, there are there's a scene where homeless people are just beaten for fun by young kids. Not even implied, by the way. They're just like 
just random kids just walk around. There's a yeah. scene where someone tries to potentially commit suicide yes. and or someone's with a baby, by the way, the central baby of the plot. Like, there's yeah. some mega darkness in this film. But yeah. what I'm amazed by is every time they manage to pull you back out again, it's incredible. You never, yeah. you never fully go to the depth of black pill. You always get sort of pulled back yeah. out by the, I, well, the quality. I, I mean, of, the know, baby that they're finding, just as, as to, to, to discuss how dark this is, because when you articulate it, it sounds so fucked up. So I didn't even get it yeah. into the, the other things this movie deals with. This movie also deals with prostitution and sex work, which also not something you talk about in japan no, is in it japan, there no yeah yeah it's there but like again so that's another aspect of that this film touches on directly and the person that they think is the mother of this child was a sex worker right and they found out that she got pregnant and then eventually lost the baby as part of a miscarriage or some other accident because crucially she decided she was going to keep the baby because she thought it would help with the marriage she was in or something, right? Like, about that, yeah. if, if I read that right, she wanted to have the child because her marriage was a little bit shaky. I, I don't know. There was, there was like some line about that. Right. Um, and, and so yeah. she loses the baby that she wants, mm. goes crazy, kidnaps this other baby. And by the end of the film gets the baby back because the trio of central characters return this baby to her thinking that it was hers and not that she stole it from a hospital. And then she attempts to commit suicide with the baby. So, I mean, this is like fucked up. It's very fucked Bro, up. It, like, oh, fuck it. And it has no. a feel good ending. Like, think about that. It yeah. has a feel good yeah. ending. That's crazy. A lump, a lump in my throat, dude, for real, because you know, I'm a pussy with films. Um, you know, like when she's about to commit fucking Minecraft, you know, she fucking, the husband's there. There's a gathering of police. It's like a very public thing. Japanese, you know, we know it's one of the highest percentage nations for suicide. And again, it's still a taboo kind of talk about. Um, and she's saying, you know, I'm going to kill, like, I'm going to kill myself. I just want to be reborn. I want to do over because she's gone through so much trauma. And the husband who was initially rejected her and broke her is there saying, no, no, no. We're like, let's start over. We'll be reborn together. And she goes, I'll go first. And she fucking jumps off the building like, fuck me, dude. I went ready for them feels at fucking... <laughs> Midnight. By the way, notice how that is also an underlying theme about the movie, which says something about Japanese culture. And I'm not from the Japanese culture. I wouldn't pretend to know a lot. I'm intuiting it from films like these. So yeah. in this film, essentially, one of the central themes with all these characters is the idea that because their honor-based culture is so strictly defined, they think once they no longer fit those categories or yeah. that unit, that they are just they are just the other. They're just done. Their life's over. And the stupid mistake they all make, you'll notice, that they all have to learn is that actually other people weren't as weren't enforcing that as harshly as they think the best example is the young girl the young girl thinks she can never be with her family again because of one incident that's gone really badly with the father and the joke as you'll see in the movie is the father clearly desperately wants to get in contact with this girl again and have her come home and it's also by the way alluding to that aspect of like when people go against their family if people don't know by the way I'll tie this in again even though yes again Korea and Japan are not the same they have similarities though in the same ways England and Germany's history have similar ways of culture etc so when I would say 
says, if you don't know in Korean esports, the world me and Monty have occupied a lot of time, I've always told people, don't ever do that gross thing where you make it sound like their culture promoted being a pro, and so they all became pros. Half of these people have to run away from home and shit like that, mate, or be yeah. disowned by their family, and essentially they know it's all in on esports now, or I'm, I might just be like this, I might just be a nobody, or a, I might even end up homeless. So the stakes are so much higher with these sorts of like things. Like you think about in the West, everyone knows, dude, Richard will know this. In the UK, we even had a famous commercial where it was like a kid telling his mom and dad, like, I want to leave home. And so they do that thing that they actually would do in the West. They're like, oh, we'll pack your bags for you and put you on the corner. And then the joke is, obviously, then the dad just says to the kid, like, come on, do you want to just go in? And then he goes like, yeah. And I can't remember what it was for. It was some like family related yeah. business. Or the idea in the West is we joke about the idea of like, oh, we'll run away then if you want to, because we know it's like not a big deal and we would forgive them, etc. This here, this is defining shit here. So I also think the other thing that I found so interesting was that detail. Like, I find actually the ending with the father, even though it's like thrown in at the end, that's mega touching when that happens, mega yeah. poignant, because it kind of shows like, actually, there's another thing I think people do, sadly, when they get fucked up by trauma. They themselves live with it all the time. So they think everyone else is like obsessed with that aspect. But as you see here, the joke is if this was a Western movie, the father would just tell like, we don't care about any of that stuff, just come home. Like, that's yeah. all we really care about. Well, I mean, the we haven't, we haven't, always there. We haven't talked about Miyuki. Yeah, and, let's do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, I, I again, like, I, I don't know how old she's meant to be in this. I don't think it's explicitly said. She's um, I just assumed she was like 13 or something. I was trying to guess, yeah, you know. Yeah, but but I, I, will, I will tell you, as somebody that's, again, you know, worked in esports and, and you know, the, the idea of the teenage runaway that thinks they can't go back and uh, their family, while maybe they were initially, you know, monstrous, they the, the absence of a child has made them realize like no actually we need to do better and seeing that kind of bridge building as the younger person transitions into adulthood i've seen that so many times i can't tell you how many times i've seen it and it's it, you know it's fucking it's the saddest thing i think when like over something ultimately trivial parents would reject their own kids or kids would feel that they can't connect to their family anymore and for, for real like uh, you know this there's a realness again oh, baked sure. into this where it's like you know Mi miyuki's character like it's like you know i'm 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 a disgrace i can't go back you know but but at the end and again it's like literally the last scene of the movie yeah. you know her father's just like you know beaming to see her again and and glad that this chain of happenstance is reconnected. By the way, that's even, I think, one of the themes of the movie as well, it is the the one who's going to commit suicide was fundamentally wrong in the sense that she thought it was over and you can never... And it, the joke yeah. is you, you, you don't have to start over. It can always be redeemed. Yeah. The movie essentially yeah. implies everyone can be redeemed. Yes. Yeah, well, and, is, and this is the Christmas is theme. I'm going to go... why they picked them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I, I want to go on this because like I, I'm going to go on a monologue for a while about what I think the Christmas themes are. And I, one of the things that I really like about anime and and any Japanese interpretation of Christianity is that because most of these people are coming from the lens of not being Christian. So it is something that they kind of take and look at themselves. And you see a lot of Christian imagery in, in Japanese fiction. And so like... Mm. 
they have some very astute observations because they they haven't been like steeped in it. You know what I mean? So they're they're kind of mm. oftentimes encountering it as adults and like really thinking about it uh, in a way that if you've been raised on Christian tradition, you may not have that same level of reflection. And so weird to have a Japanese Christmas movie, first off. Um, but there's obvi the obvious parallels are to the three magi with the baby, right? Um, you know, encountering the child for the first time. There is that element to the story. And also going back to the idea of miracles. But the whole point of Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ, who is ultimately going to redeem people from their sins. But what I would say this movie is actually saying is not that there is some exterior force that is redeeming people from their sins. Because if we think about the sins of the main characters, to your point, Richard, you know, a lot of the stuff in the grand scheme of things, the things that they are holding themselves accountable for are relatively trivial when you consider it, right? So Dean, yes, he was kind of, he gambled away a bunch of that money, but there is a, a real desire you feel with him to be a good father and to be a provider for his family and to be close to his daughter. In Hannah's case, um, I mean, it's know, even she, implied, by the way, that's what he's living out with the yes, Mooka character or whatever, right? Yes. That's what he's doing with this girl. Yes. Yeah, yeah with the new baby. Um, with Hannah, what was her, her, what she's running away from, which is the the kind of like drag community that she was a part of and that was her job, she spilled a drink, you know, on, or she threw a drink on a patron and thought that she had to be exiled for this, right? And ended up on the streets as a result of this. In Miyuki's case, it was because she stabbed her father with a knife because she thought her father got rid of her cat, which it doesn't seem like her father did. Um, that's the, it, It's not explicit, but that's kind of the implication. And her father, I mean, she sees her father at several like points within this film, including like uh, through a subway window um, at one point in time. And so... What's so interesting about this film is it's not saying that the child or that Jesus is the one who is absolving people of their sins. First off, it's questioning the existence of sin as something that needs to be absolved by a supernatural power in the first place, because at the end of the day, the redemption comes from the miraculous meetings that they they encounter with the people and the shame, as, as Richard put it earlier, that they're dealing with. Right. Hannah is ashamed of the behavior that while she was working at the drag club, at the drag bar, basically. But the owner of that bar it was concerned about her and immediately says, oh, no, it wasn't a big deal. Um, Miyuki's father is clearly desperate to find his daughter. And even though he himself is a police investigator, hasn't been able to figure out where she is yet. And obviously- Remember, they even do an ad at one point in time saying, like, come home or whatever, like, yes. Miyuki, come home or something. Right? Yeah, yeah, like in the newspaper. And- it clearly, and like she calls him, and she can't face the shame of addressing what she's done. And Hana couldn't address the shame of doing what she's done. And Gian couldn't be a part of his daughter's life because of the shame of his gambling and drinking that kind of led him to not be able to provide properly for his family. And at the end of the day, the real barrier here is not even what they've done. It's not even the people that they've wronged. It's their own sense of shame that they can't overcome to ask for forgiveness, right? And at the end of the day, Jesus Christ's existence is fundamentally about the creation of forgiveness, right? And I think this is such a fucking good twist 
on the idea of Christmas and probably could have only like been produced by somebody who wasn't part of a Christian culture, right? Because it takes the essence of it and then it twists it to be about human agency and human shortcomings, not in the way that sin is a shortcoming, but in the way that being ashamed of one's own actions hinders you to such a degree that you lose the most valuable parts of your life. And, and you will also notice, I mean, you know, and again, you, you kind of summarized it really well. The, 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 there is, you know, what does Christianity essentially teach? I mean, you know, and, and all religions ultimately to, to a degree is that the good, the good life led is its own reward. There will always be some karmic comeback. And this movie, a lot of those happenstances, you will notice they are good things happening to this trio of characters that are doing a good thing they have they have done the, the ultimate thing which is to take somebody that is vulnerable and is going to die without your intervention and at great pains to themselves they have they have sacrificed that to preserve the life of a child which you know all societies no matter where you are the 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 life of a child is sacrosanct you you sacrifice your life to protect children you, so they can grow up and be adults and uh, you know potentially do the same all societies are coded with that sensibility and we do see a series of everybody gets what they want by the end that's what i mean about it being a sweet movie you know everybody is nourished and satisfied on a spiritual level and and you can sure it could be coincidences but if they don't save that baby the chain of coincidences don't occur yep. and so there is this implicit you know and this is again why it's a great christmas movie you think about that what scrooge did at the end when bill murray gives that terrible monologue about you know <laughs> it, you can be the miracle everybody can make the miracle happen you just have to want it you just have to do it you just have to put all of your sensibilities aside and lean into the, a, a loving act which can be a little bit you know we're all a bit buttoned up and a bit stiff about it. Uh, bill murray just explicitly says that at the end of the film and it fucking really undercuts the message right <laughs> this movie doesn't explicitly say it but just presents you with the story where it happens and you can make of that what you will but the the best type of christmas movie is one that presents you with uh the the, the idea of you know, just care about other people and just be willing to yeah you might be a bit silly or you might have to sacrifice something or it might be financially you know unrewarding or you know whatever it is but like dial into the humanity and the empathy and it will be its own reward and that's what this movie does they get a series of christmas miracles not just one it, well, hannah is going to sacrifice her life to potentially save this child and a freak gust of wind saves her <laughs> there's something in that you know and 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 yeah i like to say i was unbelievably touched by by the movie because i think it really understands why why people do these things you know why, why because there is a righteousness to the behavior of the main characters which are all ostensibly despised 
and wretched people by Japanese societal standards. And yet here they are, and they are morally pure. Yeah, wonderful. And, and you, wonderful. you see that. Go on. No, you see, you see that throughout the film, too. It's not only, as we mentioned, them being physically beaten halfway to death, but also just constantly verbally abused for doing for like sitting in a convenience store. Right. And the hilarious thing about that is that even that verbal abuse that causes them to leave saves them from getting hit by an ambulance that immediately plows into right where they were sitting previously. Right. There's yeah. even a miracle, I feel like, because they're not explicit. I can never trust Western audiences to pick up and put any fact together. Spoiler, in eSports, half the problem is you tell someone something, unless you then go, you do know he's saying this, they don't get it. So at the end of the movie, in case people missed it, I hope you do get that when they flash that lottery ticket from the old man's bag. They've won the fucking lottery, by the way, guys. Right. They're yeah. also, after the movie, rich. But like, but that they just they just make that like but, semi-subtle, actually. Even though it's talked about, it's not like they don't hit you over the head with it. That's like one of the well, last things you see. They see the TV in the hospital waiting room, I believe, where they're doing the lottery winners. Yes. And it was because Gein was helping out the the other homeless yep. man who was dying, who then gives him the bag that has the winning lottery ticket in it. The literal so, bag. Exactly. Yeah, the literal bag <laughs> for the figurative bag as well. Uh, but yeah, he hands him the, the bag as he's dying and Gein is like, you know, being Why is kind there a Saudi Arabian flag on this <laughs> bag, <laughs> Enough about esports. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah right. but I mean, it, it is amazing that you see this moment. He doesn't look mm. in the bag. He just holds on to it. Uh, and that's then, like but... that Christmas miracle because it's like, look, we've saved yeah. them all. The families are all together. The babies reunited. So at the end, you know what? They also get the money so they're not homeless anymore. Which, by the way, that's how you know this movie was a success. Notice how we've pointed out what would actually be criticisms of the script yeah. and the way it plays out and what happens but it keeps doing it's not there's not just deus ex machina in the sense of like a script writer couldn't get out of trouble so he wrote yeah this yeah. is it's successfully doing deus ex machinas you're actually going I, even though that is ridiculous i love it yeah that, what's the next <laughs> one and so when at the end they hit you with and they won the lottery as well you're like yeah why not at this point yeah they should dad they deserve it you know what i mean you saw yeah. you're, you're on board at the end at that point but, but actually i also think though that, that there's there's a profundity to the it's a juxtaposition of they've won the lottery, but that's not the real wealth. Yes. You know what I mean? They're too like, busy with the baby and all the family the, stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, 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 you know, they're, they're reunited with loved ones. They've got the baby. Everyone's safe. Everyone's happy. Uh, they've done these, you know, the, the, the movie is like filled with all these, like despite what's happened to them, uh, just, they've done all these good things. And it's like, yeah, and they won the lottery. And oh, what, uh, but but that that's not they don't make a big deal about that. They're not no, popping corks because they I got know. the real shit. But but I'll I'll one up you because we don't even know if they ever realize that they won the yeah, lottery it's, because it's yeah. literally a camera shot that zooms in like on the ticket in the bag, and there's a bunch of other lottery tickets in that bag, and were they paying attention enough to even know? Like yeah. as far as where, they where, know, where the, so. This could have just been a, of, the bag of trash, yeah. right? That they throw out yeah. later without ever having one. Yeah. So the implication is, does it even matter that they won the lottery? Exactly. Because the, exactly. the winning of the lottery is intentionally left ambiguous because we're supposed to say, like, does it matter that they won it at the end? 
Well, well, keep in mind as well, and this is very subtle, um, and, and uh, whether it's intended or not, I don't know. But there is also like a, a, a presentation of wealth and opulence as being it comes with its own downsides. You know, you think about the Yakuza boss characters, sure. other, other characters that are doing well, and you know, may, maybe. Yeah, maybe they don't ever open that bag. Maybe they don't win the lottery. It wouldn't matter. They've got their family back. They've got each other. The baby's safe. They have realized their own worth as people by the end. They they have ultimately made peace with themselves uh, for, for the transgressions they've supposedly committed. Um, uh, so, yeah, the money is academic doesn't matter really what happens from there on that their their arc the things they needed to be whole again they've got irrespective of the money and and so i mean again i i think it feels a little bit funny and tacked on and Duncan's right if they did this in like some oh, american boring, you? Like, oh, comedy exactly. yeah yeah exactly like oh it's yeah. brewster's fucking millions yeah. whatever <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but 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 the everything this movie is so deliberate in everything yes. it does oh that's why that's what i would nail it as richard this is the thing it would be saccharine it's essentially the same act as could be in a western movie but the difference is in the western movie i would see it as like ah oh, that's very cynically done though to make it this feels earnest it has like an earnestness behind it even though it's silly happenstance happening that like essentially lets you buy into it yeah and and as i said by the end uh, you know, this is this is a classic. You know, feel, this is a feel good. It shouldn't be a feel good no, no. movie. By the way, man, for, you feel really this. good by the end. This people, is ironically, if you like movies like It's a Wonderful Life, etc., add this mm. to your little list every Christmas. This needs yeah. to be in the rotation because you'll. It's just you're going to like it every time. I guarantee. Yeah, and you're going to forget enough of it because of how complicated some of it is. You'll be able and to rewatch it. I'll also add. It, it, while some of the language used and some of the themes, they might not feel modern, there is one modern phenomenon that it was very prescient about. And I'm, and there'll be people watching this episode that will get this immediately. Um, the, the way we think of family has changed in modern times. You've probably got relatives you never talk to, and you've probably got people you spend every Christmas with that aren't blood relatives. They're your friends, but they're your family. You have chosen them to be your family. And it, it, whether it's just esports has kind of warped my perspective and how I've lived my life, you know, I get that. I, 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 over Christmas, you know, I have to reluctantly trudge back home. I'm not super tight with my parents. I don't even know my own dad. You know, I haven't talked to him in fucking two, it was over two decades now. I ain't seen him since I was a kid. Uh, and I'm not really interested in that reconnection. There's nothing there, right? But I've got friends that I would fucking die for that I spend all my major events with in my life. And I think the way we think of modern families has ultimately changed. And this movie is very prescient about that. This is, this, you, this is a family unit of people that aren't related. They're only related by circumstance. And yet they love each other dearly. 
and 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 no matter what they say about each other in that way that you do sometimes you know if you've got siblings you'll identify with this you know you'll you'll you might have a rivalry with a sibling but you you love them you know you might see terrible things to them but you love them in a crisis you come together and i think the way that people live their lives now i think i think that is becoming way more identifiable i think we all have that we have the family friend who maybe their relatives have passed on or they're estranged and you don't want them to be alone you should love them dearly so you have them around at christmas you're there for their birthdays you're there for every occasion they're part of your family now and 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 i don't think that was typical you know 20 25 years ago but I think a lot of people can really resonate with that now. And I certainly do. And I said, you know, I, I'm going to keep using that word. This this movie really touched me on, like, a very deep level. Like, it was like I was watching this film and, like, you know, you know, don't cry. You're alone. Stop. You know, it, it's like... It, it it was it, it's it's really sweet and 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 sweet can become cloying but not when it's this earnest not when it's this genuine you know this movie means what it's saying and you and you get that i mean on that note i would say this is actually there's a couple of points here one is on that last point richard just said there this is actually something i learned in life itself through experience which is the real problem with things like emotional gestures or trying to make like some deep point to someone is they've been commodified and people have said, I love you one million times to people yeah. they didn't love. And they were... so as a result, you start to get jaded and think, well, what does it even mean? But you don't realize that like I said earlier about the concept of intent. When someone says those same words with intent behind it and you know, it's real, then all of a sudden the power is instantly back. It's like, and suddenly it becomes vi a vital a gesture, a show of force in some way that you just wouldn't get otherwise. So I, I also think like that's another thing I would say about this film is I just feel like people will miss that it is a film that tries to say something deep, like I say about what the fam meaning of family is. Like, for example, I would say in the modern day, people to try and seem cool with their persona online, what's the angle everyone takes? It's the idea that you are an island. Oh, I don't care what people think about me. I'm just wearing whatever I want. Who cares what other people think? We all care what other people think. We all want to be liked and have it. And what this movie shows you as well is that everyone, through whatever means, needs family. It's somehow hard-coded in us that we yeah. need people to support us people by the way people we can support we need all these things to kind of be whole as a human actually the human alone it's the joke is it's not an isolated unit the unit is a bigger thing and the human has to be a part of it and that's one of the things i think this movie very well shows you because everyone in this film everyone needs the other people the joke is even the yeah. people who like the daddy who's the kids right they still they're still thinking about the kid the whole time they're in theory living a normal life at that point in time so there is something missing if you don't have some family that's actually why Richard I was wondering what you were going to think about this film because if people don't know one you're actually quite well known for being someone where over Christmas sometimes you might be on your own so I wondered how you'd yeah. feel about that angle obviously you've said yourself one of the reasons why you've embraced certain people in esports is you were trying to make your own sort of makeshift family to some degree yeah. right yeah because I mean obviously I'm like some deranged anti-natalist um so I'm, I'm on that <laughs> but you know I mean like for 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 real it's like yeah, you know, like the 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 vibe of this movie, the 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 important thing and the thing that resonates, I think that's that separates it from other movies that might explore these themes is that you will see a lot of movies that's it's talk about the importance of being loved. 
right? And and yeah, you need to be loved. People want to be loved. They want to be liked. They want to fit in. They want to belong. Uh, they want to support. Uh, you know, apparatus around them. What What's harder to explore is how important it is to love and to be capable of loving and to have someone that you pour love into on like you know that if you don't have that in your life that's very damaging and it's hard for people that maybe become estranged from families or you know maybe aren't even the most social you know maybe maybe they find making friends difficult or they find it hard to open up it's very damaging for people like that to not have somebody that you can put your love into and so, yeah, w this is what this movie absolutely nails, like on a on a humane level, that these people don't just want to be loved. It's not a story about a, a wacky trio of homeless people trying to get their status back in society. It's that they all need to love other people. And the, the great shame and pain that they're feeling is their inability to do that with the people society designates that they were meant to do it with. They all have that in common. And to, to understand that, I mean, what a brilliant, what a brilliant writer to get that. That's such a deep point, isn't it? So poignant, yeah. 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 I, I really just so, think yeah. this, this film is like a masterpiece. Like, if you told me that this film was the result of Satoshi Kon being dared to make a feel-good Christmas <laughs> movie about, yeah, and it I must know. contain the following, <laughs> Homeless... LGBT community, prostitutes, the Yakuza, yeah, suicide, baby theft. Like, it, this doesn't sound real. Like, that is, this movie is just so wildly creative. And I don't know how it actually could have done a more sympathetic job of handling every single one of these things. Yes. Like, I, this... This movie is just so it's also such amazingly a, it's such a generous film as well, right, Monty? Because the joke is they even make the characters who are in theory the badder elements. Some of them even have a humanity to them, or they're yeah. not quite as bad. Like the user guy isn't that bad as you think he's going to initiate. Yeah, they're such a generous. It's so magnanimous with the characters, man. The, the immigrant yeah. assassin who tries the is Christmas. That's what Christmas is about, isn't it? It's about everyone deserves to have Christmas. Is the idea right? The exactly. immigrant assassin who tries to kill the Yakuza boss, yes. remember? Miyuki ends up at his house and his yep. wife is giving breast milk to the baby that yes. they found. Like, like what yes. the fuck, man? Like, she literally yeah. got kidnapped by this yep. guy from the scene, taken to this house, and now... His family is taking care of this He just in baby. Spanish to her. Do you, you want milk or he needs milk or something, right? Yeah, and he takes it to the mum who's lactating, yeah. which is ridiculous, but whatever. So we <laughs> forgive everything in this film. Again, As this I movie would, showed yeah, you, yeah, we, yeah. Just, we are like the people in the film. We can forgive everything by the end. So, yeah. For the right reasons, you can forgive everything. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously we need, uh, we need to wrap it up. So, I, I mean, um, I'm not... I, I, talking about my own experience with this film, I'm not somebody that likes anime. Although, and we barely even talked about the animation. The animation is superb. Yep, and the look and feel of this movie is brilliant. And you were absolutely right about the color palette, Duncan. That That is deliberately, you know, grays and browns and dark colors. And then when the when the freak gust of wind comes in for the final miracle, uh, and then obviously the final scenes in the hospital, super bright all of a sudden. Yes. There, there, there is a literal light yes. that has been injected into the movie. Um, so it's a beautiful movie to look at. The animation is top tier uh, and, and holds up even by modern standards of animation. 
Uh, but for me, you know, like I, it's like I said, I went into this movie remembering something I watched in my twenties, uh, where it was kind of like you know, it, it was a it was a silly comedy film that had a that had a particular sweetness to it but probably for the jaded old cynical version of richard that's just been through too much it's gonna bounce off me like a rubber ball and i was like god fuck christopher for making me watch an anime um within 30 minutes into the movie i was so enthralled and riveted and invested and as I said, by the end, like g- genuine welling up, tears of joy. Like I'm glad that chick didn't fucking ice herself, and that was all going to be okay. <laughs> and the baby's back, and uh, Miyuki gets the family. I didn't give a fuck about that. Oh, lottery but, wait, you know the way you could just be an absolute cunt is you just remake this film. The puts it, but then you just, none of those good things happen at the end of it. She like <laughs> she does kill herself. It's just the yeah. darkest ending ever. Yeah, I'd ruin you. Which, which is really funny because as guys who watch the stream will know, I, I, I played through Red. I've been playing through Red Dead Redemption. Two. Too, mm-hmm. uh, which has obviously a super sad ending and because uh, i'm like trying to anchor my brain to like the concept of moving and change okay and and this i'm, I'm never gonna because it's a moving such a strange time in your life uh you, you're literally opening a new chapter now this is going to be in there too this kind of like right. wonderfully optimistic <laughs> uh and it was the perfect antidote i just I know. I don't know what to say. It's just a. It's just a beautiful film. Like I gushed over. It's a wonderful life. It would be absolutely dreadful of me to not do the same over this film because the warm fuzzy feeling by the end, dabbing your eyes, just a bit of dust. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. I mean. Just, just a wonderful film, and it, it just makes me really sad that Satoshi Kon. Yeah, that's one of the saddest parts. Dude, what if I he had twenty more years of movies? Yeah. What if he had? He was yeah. forty when he died. Like, what if he had forty more years of movies? Right? Like, what if he oh, had? And here's, here's the here's the killer, Monty. If think about it, the time period when he gets all this Western acclaim is when he's gone. No, no. Now he would have had like the Tarantino in, as it were, like all those people like yes. Wong Kar had to be like the Hollywood. He could have actually done like anything after this. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's it, 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 it's sort of if you think about Satoshi Kon's story and you think about this movie, it it, it, it that's where the dark element is yeah, because true. while this movie makes you feel good, real life is kind of just remorselessly yeah. cruel. Yes, and, and if you love this, and I don't know how you could watch this movie and not love it, I it doesn't take a lot of effort to watch the rest of Satoshi Kon's movies because he only did a handful uh, as a director. So he literally did Perfect Blue, Millennium Actress, Tokyo Godfathers, and Paprika. So he did four films, and he did one 13-episode anime series called Paranoia Agent. All of them are bangers, guys. All of them. It's yeah. all super fucking good. Um, so I would encourage you to go watch it. And I've and never again, watched Paranoia Agent, but it, but it, when I get settled in a new place, first thing I'm going to do. Dude, Paranoia Agent is great. <laughs> this 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 movie and researching Satoshi Kon's interviews. I did. I even left out that, by the way, um, when he died, Darren Aronofsky was the guy who did his eulogy. This is how influential this yeah. guy is. Um, and 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 so I I want to absorb everything he's done, even even tangentially. I, I this was a masterpiece movie. 
Um, I remember his other works being incredible and, and thought-provoking, like Paprika that I talked about at the start. Um, I'm just devastated that it's going to be a very short rabbit hole to go down because he was taken way too soon. Yeah, um, as I said, I actually think the sleeper one people haven't seen is Millennium Actress. That's one where like, I, that movie destroys me. That's incredibly heavy, but it's an amazing movie. I think, again, so poignant. So what I would say on this one is, this is actually one of my picks. I don't often do picks. If I do, I make sure that I tell you, because here's the thing. I did this, guys, to trick you all, because you all think you know anime, to watch this movie, because one, it's a banger Christmas movie. Like, it's just, like, the joke is, this is contender for the best Christmas movie of all the ones we've done, and we picked some, yep. <laughs> one of the essential classics of all time. It's Right up there. And then also, I'll throw this in there. Um, like I say, your idea of what you think anime is, you're the one who's going like, oh, but when in Monoko, he saw the great forest spirit, that's like me being weirdly bullied at high school in America. And I'm weird like a Japanese. No, you're not at all. That's all just some shit in your head. None of that was on screen. The difference is this is all here. This is real. And you might actually relate to this in your real life. Surely you know someone who's estranged from their family. You know someone who lost their child. You know someone who got in a gambling debt. You know someone who's homeless. Surely you know, you could, I feel like everyone's going to relate to the human element of this and the joke is if you like anime you're gonna like it maybe not know this was one and if you don't you're gonna go oh there are some, like i say there are some that can sort of flaunt the silly things of the genre and be really great yep yeah and also weirdly um, even though it's a japanese movie maybe the most christian christmas movie yeah he also nailed the christian angle didn't he yeah <laughs> like yeah. if you think about yeah, the other well, movies we did there's nothing christian yeah. about the other movies there's a lot that's like christian well, symbolism it, it, in it, this it's a, it's a it's a wonderful life does open up with them fucking with god and saint peter talking it does yeah, with okay. god blesses all but i'll agree in terms of just like what this movie nails about the again it, it, it's the ethos of the perfected version of christianity yeah. and indeed it is central to sort of every almost every ideology really is like you know just don't be don't be horrible to other human <laughs> beings but yeah i think in terms of the we we didn't really get into it and there's not time now but um yeah there's probably something there with the child and jesus and you know oh, sure yeah there's probably something there probably someone's written an incredible essay about that oh, no doubt yeah uh, but 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 i mean yeah in terms of all the movies we watched, like I'm always going to have a soft spot for It's a Wonderful Life. And I don't know if it's just like the time of my life and where I'm at and things I've gone through subsequently. Uh, I'll be re-watching this film for sure. It will go into the I Need to Cry rotation, uh, tub of ice cream, full bitch made on a sofa, feel good tears movie. Um, Where's the film festival people want to see online? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just make sure you do your mascara before you start watching the films. Obviously, yeah, no, leave Britney alone. <laughs> um, there's a boomer meme. Um, but no, no, it's just it's just fucking great. I uh, just just a really really feel good movie man like it, it 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 like like you know when you have like a fucking good meal or a nice cup of tea after a long day or you know a, a, a opulent nice scotch uh it, it's like that it just fucking fills you up man it just warm it just warms your heart it's just great just a beautiful film all right well that concludes our christmas arc for this year there's plenty more Christmas movies left for subsequent years if we choose to go down this rabbit hole again. Uh, again, we are going to be doing heist movies and what is undoubtedly going to be an egregiously long episode on <laughs> Heat. 
Got a great next week. <laughs> so strap in the heat episode, which we all knew was going to come at some point Whoa. in this show's history, is now upon us. So definitely watch Heat. It's incredible. You will enjoy the ludicrously in-depth conversation about that film once you see the episode. Till is then. Heat a Christmas movie? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>